I mean, you know, I consider myself somewhat of an influencer, right? I'm looking at my yeah. following. I'm looking at my fans and stuff. I'm like, all right, I'm out there influencing people. But I tell you what, man. Uh-huh. It is so much harder to be an influencer in the year 2023 than it was even just a few thousand years ago. Hey, you ever checked out the stats on how many followers Jesus had? A dozen? Ooh. You kidding me? You kidding me? That's it? And look at how much impact it made. Fuck. <laughs> That's a good point. He had it easy. Yeah, I mean, it was easier for Jesus, I feel like, yeah. It was easier for Jesus than every current influencer. You could say <laughs> every current influencer has it harder than Jesus harder Christ. Harder than Jesus of Nazareth. You could yep. say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, hell, <laughs> might as well, in fact. <laughs> Just a dozen. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the kind of brand deals he could have gotten these days? Come on. <laughs> You, if you walk into the offices of Netflix, like I got twelve followers, where's my show? I yeah, kick you the hell <laughs> ain't out. no show. Yeah, ain't no show. What's it gonna be about? Uh, building uh furniture and stuff made out of yeah, wood. Yeah, I'm a carpenter. I can turn water uh, into wine. I guess that's pretty cool. They're like, eh. my dad's not my real dad. Oh, uh. <laughs> well, I mean that's interesting a little bit. Maybe a reality show thing with. God and his bastard son, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) My mom's a virgin. That's pretty crazy, right? Okay, that's wild as hell. All right. That's wild. You got a Netflix show. All right, here we go. (laughs) Him and his 12 followers, man, they would have really developed into something back in the day. (laughs) All these concepts and more on the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, your favorite podcast. Here with those with most of me, your good buddy, Uncle. Ben. And me, your kick-ass buddy, Hollywood Whoa. Steve. Because it's Holy action cow. August. Kick-kick punch. Kick-punch. punch Ultimate punch. Hadouken. Hadouken. Yoga flame. Somebody just got raided. Somebody done got raided. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, that's right. We're wrapping up Action August here on the show. We're going to be getting back to our usual horror movie shtick next week with that's a real right. winner. But we're that's wrapping right. up Action August here with a Patreon submitted smoking bowl choice here. We're talking about one Road Hoos, aren't we? That's right. James Huning, uh, several other people had submitted Roadhouse. Uh, but James Huning submitted it, and I drew it, and uh, I'm glad we're talking about it, because, man. Oh, my God. Dude. <laughs> Ew, buddy. It's a blast. I'm telling you. Have I mentioned like how our fans have the fucking greatest taste ever? Because they, really they do. actually yeah. do. They really, it's really do. It's almost like we, we've attracted like-minded people that are like... I would want to hear them talk about the thing that I want to hear them talk about that they also want to <laughs> talk about. It's a lot like that, in fact. Yeah, it's, it's very pretty similar. cool. It's pretty cool. Oh, my God, man. The best. And uh, if you guys want to get straight on to the movie review portion, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. But before we do that, we're going to shoot the shit and have some fun before we get there. So stick around. Take off them socks and shoes. Maybe you take them off by doing a roundhouse kick. Ooh, Maybe that's how you get them off. That right? would be ba- Seriously. Can you imagine... If somebody walked in their house and this did two quick roundhouses and their socks and shoes flew off, the, the shoes just landed perfectly next to each other and the socks landed folded. Like, Amazing. Right. 
Incredible. Kiaku, kiaku. Then you're ready to relax. Yeah. I might try it. Honestly, I might just try that next time I'm coming in the door. (laughs) Like five seconds later, Kate just hears, uh, I think I hurt something. Um, (laughs) Everything is broken. Uh, (laughs) I destroyed my groin and some light fixtures. Yeah. We got some problems here. Oh, damn, man. Oh, damn. Is it still damn old hotter than damn old, damn old uh, tattoony that dang old Luke Skywalker live in over there? Is that uh, how hot it is it in was, Portland? It was pretty tatooine uh, yesterday because of, uh, tatooine. of wildfires. Yeah, because tatooine. Uh, yeah, there's some wildfires nearby, and it was the sun was, was just a big red ball in the sky that... Honestly, I was wearing sunglasses and I had to remind myself not to be like staring at it because it was Dude, so... here's the thing, man. <laughs> it was so Don't dim. Do you remember when we had a president that stared at an eclipse? You can look at the sun all you want. <laughs> but this, no, the, the, like, the, the air was so like thick with smoke and stuff that it was just this bright red sun. Just, I know what you're talking about, dude. God, you remember man. back... Yeah, like, a couple months ago, or a that? month ago, maybe that that there were the wildfires. Oh yeah, in the, the, East Coast, the right? Canadian ones. I was yeah. even thinking like further back a few years ago when the world was on fire again. Um, <laughs> I think it was like 2017, 2018 when like Gatlinburg, Tennessee was on oh, fire. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was wild. Uh huh. It was crazy, dude. The Smoky Mountains were on fire due to some asshole kids uh, lighting fires in a field and shit. And uh, it did the same thing where the skies were so hazy and stuff that you could just look at the sun. And it was this neon orange ball. It was so surreal, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had that going on, which meant also that uh, the air quality was very poor. So we've just been inside, even though, uh, you know. It's not hot. the The weather is pretty nice. Can't go out because I'm supposed to be breathing in that air. It is hell yeah. It is quite a hellscape <laughs> that we've created. Awesome. Hooray. Modern day living. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah, this uh, we're recording, of course, the day after the hurricane and earthquake simultaneously in Los Angeles. Whoa! I didn't see this. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, I've been damn busy. Thing. I've not caught up to any of it. That's Whoa. a thing now, apparently. So that's fun. Yeah, that's a lot to go through. <laughs> well, it wasn't a big earthquake. It was, I mean, you know, it was just more of a like, what the fuck? A hurricane and an earthquake hitting at the same time. It's like a, it's like a, a, a five on the Richter scale, wow, which isn't dude. bad. I mean, honestly, probably just feel a little swaying for a bit. Not a big deal, but I think it's crazy. The, the last time LA had hurricane and earthquake in it was back at WrestleMania six in the Enormo Dome in downtown LA. <laughs> Body slam. Right? Hurricane and earthquake. Uh, you're talking about of course typhoon and earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> the natural disasters. No, who are no, the I'm tag not. team champions of wrestling entertainment for a little bit? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if you're right. I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, know. so boy, I'll tell you what it's it's um it's it's been something. We we still haven't gotten to do much outside, but uh it's it's not hot as fuck anymore, which is great. I do very Word, much man. appreciate the uh, not hot as fuck weather. 
Nice, man. I have been just a slammed boy over here. Yeah, if I was going to describe myself in two words, I would say <laughs> slammed boy. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I've seen that credit in a lot of gay porn. Hashtag slammed boy. Search me. You know, Hashtag Google me. Hashtag slammed oh, boy. Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been fucking hectic man had a couple shows over the weekend with skank banger had a little yeah. weekend residency action happening uh in knoxville which was a lot of fun and then followed that up with a couple days of rehearsals for a show i'm playing tomorrow with andy wood and greg cock hell at yeah the open core which is cool which is leading up to a weekend at the Woodshed Guitar Experience Guitar Camp. Hell out yeah. with a bunch of weekend wankers and suckamaniacs and stuff at the Woodshed. Going to be learning them a bunch and mashing ropes and just having a good old time. Horsing around. Just yeah. going to be horsing around all week, man. So it's been so busy that like I haven't watched fucking anything other than... Um, Kate and I have watched a few like episodes of Supernatural. Which oh, hell yeah. on, like season 11 now. Dude, it's fucking great, man. I know that, like, <laughs> it seems like I see horror fans and stuff, like, come down on that show. And I, I guess if you've only you watched, do? like, the first season or so. Yeah, I do. I see people, like, talking about how it's just, like, garbage, mainstream, you know, whatever. Who but, are man, these people? Seriously. Who, I, seriously, I need to right? understand. What, like, I don't, I don't frequent horror communities where people are assholes. <laughs> Like, what, he, <laughs> shut up! Like, it's not. Guys, shut, shut up! up. Maybe Who shut up. Shit? Like, what the fuck? We're talking it's about fun, flickering man. images on a screen, and sometimes heads explode and shit, and it's cool or whatever. Dude, and it's supernatural. Seriously. It's fun. Just shut up. It's it fun. is. But yeah, most it of the people, really I, I haven't really seen that. I see a ton of of, of very Good. positive supernatural uh, fans out there. So you you fucking tell them. <laughs> if they're ever talking shit, you let them know. Yeah, I will. If you were talking about shit about supernatural, yeah, I'll brother, see you in the squared circle at <laughs> SummerSlam. That's what I'm gonna tell them. That's right. Fuck them. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Supernatural season eleven. That where does that put you? Even close to halfway through. I think there's like fifteen seasons, so we're okay. getting closer. So you're getting up there. You're we're getting, getting up there. closer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So getting there, man. What about you? I'd say while you've been locked in, keeping away from the bad air, keeping the good air in, maybe you've had time to <laughs> watch a good flicker and image with your eyeball. Yeah. Well, I I keep forgetting this to talk about this. I went and I saw keep Barbie. Forgetting to uh, talk about Barbie. <laughs> it's Michael McDonald. Yeah, it was. He fucking killed it. <laughs> Ooh, Michael McDonald. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I, w- I went and saw Barbie. It was great. In case anybody so was good. wondering, if I thought did it was you great. love it? Like, yeah, legit, I did. You I enjoyed it. it? I did. Yep. Uh, it's cried so several good, times. Man. Had a blast. It was for awesome. Real. Yep. How crowded was your theater? Because, like, for me, whenever we saw it, you know, right when it came out, I was like, "This is the first time I've been in a packed theater in a long time." And actually, just uh-huh. yesterday. Kate went with a bunch of her lady friends to check it out, and their theater was fucking packed on like a, Mm -hmm. what was yesterday? Sunday Sunday, morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they went to like 11 in the morning on a Sunday, and it was packed weeks after the release of the movie. Like, was yours pretty full? Uh, No, it was was a, a Wednesday during the day, uh, but there were a lot more people than I expected. Uh, it wasn't packed though. It it was, uh, it was definitely, 
there were people there dressed up and stuff though like it was it's still it was two weeks into the run i guess uh but she saw it very recently too i think people now like, hang on hang on now hang on what's what's that what am i hanging for if you went on a wednesday afternoon it means and don't be wrong the movie's good and all but you went and seen to move instead of going to youth group really oh my dear friend i went into a matinee so that i wouldn't miss youth group <laughs> okay all right we were talking ezekiel <laughs> do i look like type of guy's gonna miss ezekiel youth group hell oh, no buddy. <laughs> <laughs> all right tight good to make sure your priorities yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah I, yeah barbie was great i mean i i don't have anything to add that anybody hasn't already said about how awesome it is greta gerwig's great uh, way to go it's fantastic yep oh my god so good uh speaking of 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 movies that came out kind of recently uh, maybe of a little different flavor the pope's exorcist i want to know about this i want to know you do about, it, I know about like, it you do i watched the trailers and i was like it's it's russell crowe and he's been fighting around the world so much and now he's fighting around the underworld too uh-huh. like what's going on here i'll tell you what you need in your life it is a pope's exorcist <laughs> It's so I need dumb. That. It's so really? dumb. I had a blast. Uh, Russell Crowe is just enjoying himself. He's having so much fun. You can tell it's cheesy. The, at the end, they set up 199 sequels. <laughs> I was Die. like, yes, do it. Do it. Make them. I don't give really? a fuck. I'll watch every one of them. Uh, Does he punch a demon in the mush? <laughs> I don't remember him punching the demon in the mush, but he should have right. punched the demon in the mush. Uh, no, you, I just watch it. It's there's just so many fucking cliches and stuff in it, but it just seems like intentional. It's fun, like it. It seems like supposed to be dumb fun, and I I enjoyed it. It's uh, on like Netflix now, right? Yeah, it just hit Netflix. We yeah, we had gotten yeah. it from the library, and then I think the day after it hit Netflix. But uh, definitely worth a watch. Um. Also, rewatched Deep Blue Sea. I mean, it's August. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you? You know. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, it sucks, <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> it's great. It sucks. <laughs> I listened so to dumb. an episode of like, uh, what show was it? It might have been How Did This Get Made? If Probably we were talking about Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, their episode's great on that. Mm. Oh my god, not as good and as ours. That, but, oh no, of course yeah, not. Yeah. But they have that theory about how, like, maybe all along, uh, LL Cool J's bird is just a figment of his imagination, and no one else sees it, hears it, anything. Yeah. It's so good. Dude, watching it again, and I think I talked about this when we covered it, that it's just so clear that LL Cool J is in a different, like, he's never in the same place as them except for, like, two scenes. It's yep. like they brought on, they like were making the movie and they were like, fuck, uh, LL Cool J's trying to get into acting and he's like interested. I know we're already shooting the movie, but could we just like shoot some context scenes to make him like the chef or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Build a set for him. I don't know. Yeah. Shark turns an oven on. Who cares? <laughs> a shark oh turns my God, an man. oven on. An oven he's hiding in. What? <laughs> That movie is so, so stupid, dude. Yeah, I had a blast. It was really dumb. I love it. <laughs> um, uh, not really dumb. Also had a blast, though. The Wrath of Becky. Holy yeah. shit. 
Okay, so you watched these two movies in the correct order, whereas <laughs> I, did, yeah. I watched them plumb uh, flipped and reversed, Missy Elliott style. You did. You you threw your thing down, flipped it, and reversed it, and then I did. I'll tell you what. Watching the Wrath of Becky, I was trying to like imagine watching it without having seen the first one, and it's like I guess you could. It'd be confusing a little bit, but most of the time you'd know what's going on. Yeah, so, like it kind of works, honestly. Yeah. Like it, you, you would appreciate it more if you watched them um, correctly, like right. you did. You very much <laughs> would appreciate it more, and I did. I appreciated it so much. Those movies are great. Wish I had, uh, yeah. uh, you know, went and seen them in the theaters because I would have been fucking laughing my ass off and hooting and hollering because I love when a Nazi gets killed. Big fan of that. <laughs> and the whole bunch of that happens. So. <laughs> Unabashedly adore whenever they stick that in yeah. a movie. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, and I love that they set up an, even another sequel. And like, Why not? Yeah, I'd love it. Like, oh, you know, I, I don't want to give away anything for anybody who hasn't seen it. But like, I'd love it if the third one was like an Indiana Jones style versus the Nazis trying to figure out where that key goes, essentially. You know? Like. Yeah. That that'd be so cool to me, but um, yeah, Wrath of Becky. Watch Becky and Wrath of Becky if you haven't seen them. So good. That actress, fuck, she's in um, Ouija: Origin of Evil, and like, oh, is she? yeah, she's in like Mike Flanagan's stuff, I think too. But yeah, I was she's wondering great. if she'd been out of the stuff because she's really good. She's yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Um, watch the movie called Greener Grass, which is kind of an absurd, hmm. surreal um comedy with. It's got some names or faces that you might recognize. Um, really weird and fun. <laughs> like it, it, it's kind of it's kind of suburban horror. I would call it. Like it, it definitely okay. is about like how people people will kind of do anything to fit in in the suburbs and whatnot. Uh, it's very odd for sure, but it's funny. I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, and then on Friday night, we watched a movie called Bloods versus Wolves. The, those, <laughs> both of those end in Z. Uh, oh, of course. You can tell. <laughs> yeah. Bloods versus Wolves. Boy. Um, Bloods they, like Crips and Bloods? Or yeah. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. They, they definitely didn't like have a sound department or anything. Uh, they had ideas, <laughs> though. I mean, <laughs> they had ideas for sure. But Good it, for them. Yeah, it, it really... No, it was bad. It was bad. It was hard to watch. <laughs> it felt too long. Then on Sunday, we watched a movie called The Requin, which has Alicia Silverstone um, and a whole lot of green screen. Just a whole Ooh. lot of it. Just real bad, really poorly done. Looks like a PlayStation 2 rendering. Um, Hell yeah. Really? Yeah, exactly. And it's it's obviously trying to be like a grief horror movie type of thing, but uh, it's real distracting when everything looks like shit. <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind of a problem, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't recommend The Requiem or Bloods versus Wolves. Uh, but <laughs> we, did have, know. we did have a blast in the chat, as we always do over there on the screaming chat. Uh, so hey, if you haven't if you haven't uh, come and joined us on the Discord over there, head on over because we man, I'll tell you what, it's uh it's four hours of the week that I feel like uh, rejuvenates my my uh, love of humanity because those people are really oh, good wow. people and real fun and fun to be around. 
You can feel it deep in your plums. The rejuvenation. Yeah, yeah the plums is where plums it first. originates. Yeah, I feel it in the plums. Hashtag plums first. <laughs> plums first. <laughs> yeah. That's how I like to dive into the water. Plums first. Hashtag plums first. Hashtag slammed boy. Slammed. That's how you'll find me. Slammed boy. <laughs> slammed boy. <laughs> Man, plums first. It sounds worse every time I say it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, not getting better. Hey, you know, somebody, somebody's got to be slammed boy just how it is <laughs> oh god oh. <laughs> well i'll tell you what steve before i can go any further into this dang old podcast show i need just to level myself up here you know i need uh-huh. to level up i need to up the alcohols and get myself right. a little bit more wackadoo is that all right with you yeah no listen i i completely understand i feel like a good podcast runs on substances that's just how right. it is it should you know yeah Right? It art too. What are you doing? Listening to Sobercast or something? Ooh, Come on. Yuck. Ooh, here we are at Sobercast. We're rise and grind, guys. Let's talk about <laughs> eating liver and no seed oils. <laughs> oh, yeah, those are hot topics. Women for sure. are bad at chess. What? <laughs> it always goes there somehow, and I don't know why. Well, meanwhile, on this show, we're talking about dang old uh, strong boy roadhouse movies. Strong and I'm boy. drinking a, <laughs> I'm drinking a Dewclaw Brewing Company. Oh hell yeah! The Pastryarchy. This is their s'mores dessert stout. It mm. is seven and a half percentile. Damn. Of hopefully a tasty treat. I, I have a feeling I'll drink maybe. Maybe half of this. It's like a big 16-ouncer, but I just made myself a succulent Thai dinner, and uh, I'm quite full of uh, of a curry right now. Oh, that sounds great. I um, I have a, a little pasta I'm going to be making tonight. I'm excited to be eating, but I'll tell you what. What kind I, of noodle are you doing? Oh, just a spaghetti. Nothing fancy. Um, Ooh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we picked up an Elysian pumpkin pack here. They're starting to put Ooh. out pumpkin stuff here, and I'll tell you what, dude. I, I wish I could send you this twelve pack. It's four different uh, pumpkin brews. They're all awesome. Just every one of them is knock out of the park. Exactly what you want it to be. They make a good thing, and it's funny you mention this because I just had my first on tap pumpkin last oh, week. Oh fuck yeah, awesome. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm I'm serious, man. We talked about it on the show last week. It's like after. After my wife's birthday, your birthday, back right. to back, it's like this is the start of October, the day on Halloween. It's season. Halloween season, man. Yep, that's it. <laughs> it October starts, actually starts halfway through August. Yeah, exactly. It starts the, the at midnight after Kate's birthday. That is the second <laughs> we're on Halloween season. <laughs> so, what's the uh, the best one in this uh, Elysian uh, pump patch there, huh? Mm, okay. Well, I like the pumpkin chino. A lot it is a coffee stout, mm. like a pumpkin coffee stout. But the the imperial pumpkin ale was my favorite. It was like eight, eight and a half percent or so, but just tasted okay. like it's pumpkiny, like you know, like actually tastes like pumpkin, pumpkin, and then also has the spices in there. And nice, man. I'll tell you what, it it just goes down so smooth. I mean, it felt a little bit off because it was kind of a crisp day that we that we drank them, but it's still like. It was hot the next day, you know, so it felt a little yeah, bit yeah. off to be drinking those spices, but it was, I I love them. I love me some fall. Dude, I'm telling you. And do you remember like a couple of years ago when it was like every brewery was like way overdoing the pumpkin yes. beers and yeah. it was just and like they were a bad. bunch of garbage. Yeah. yeah bad yeah. ones. 
Uh-huh, um, yeah. But it seems like now, like, like Darwinian laws have prevailed and only the fittest have survived. <laughs> yeah. So we have, like, some so. really good ones now, you know? Right, yeah. They're, and they're great, man. I That pumpkin chino was just so good to me. And I, I, I'll tell you what, like... If you if you do come across that, because I know you get Elysian stuff down there, like uh, space dust. Yeah, and we can get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you do see it, fucking pick it up. Well worth it. Well, this uh, s'mores dessert stout is pretty good. It's actually not as sugary as I was anticipating it was going to be. Yeah. It has a good stout backbone. There's a little bit of like that marshmallow kind of flavor on top of it. Maybe a little bit of, a, of an earthy gram in there. Uh-huh. Less chocolate than I was anticipating, honestly. I figured it would be very chocolate-forward, being like a s'more kind of rig. But right. overall, it's pretty good. It's actually lighter and less sweet than I thought it was going to be. Well, that's right. what you want, right? I mean, because like, I, I like graham crackers. I like chocolate. I'm not a big fan of marshmallows, but I do like a s'more. But if you use a nice chocolate and you use a nice graham cracker, it's not like overly sweet other than that like marshmallow hit, you know? Oh, yeah. Man, I could go for a, sn- a s'more about now. Hell, yeah. <laughs> s'more time. Sounds pretty fucking good, man. Well, I'll tell you what time it really is. It's time to step on into that goddamn preview palace. Welcome to the goddamn preview palace. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Roadhouse edition. Where's Jeff Healy? Sleazy blues. Yeah. Yeah, some Jeff Healy blues for uh-huh. you right there, man. Now, Steve, this here movie, what we're talking about, Roadhouse... I don't know if you noticed it or not, but there was a heaping helping Mm -hmm. of sexual tension going on in this here movie. Was there not? Um, yeah, between Dalton and everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty much everyone and Dalton. It didn't really matter. Mm But I know this ain't the only movie what has featured that. I think there's a lot of flicks out there where we got a couple of characters that, man, they could get by their problems if they just get on with it and kiss. You know? They, just get right. on with it and kiss a little. Get on with it and kiss a little bit. I'm telling right. you what. Because, like, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Anna and I, I mean, by the time this episode comes out, the Fast and Furious Hell Rankers will be out. And, boy, let me tell you what. Dom Let's start there. And Brian, or Dom and the Rock's character, can't remember his name, or Dom and Jason Statham. <laughs> like, Dom yes. and every other male character on screen are about to kiss. They're just. Just go ahead and do go it. Go ahead and just do Just go it. ahead and just get it over. It. Rip that band aid, you know? I yep. even think, oh, uh, yeah, the Rock and Jason Statham, too. I think right, they could yeah. probably just kiss and get on with it right yeah they really like because i mean that's something that's been talked about about those movies is that they they really do have this like sort of homoeroticism to them it is a a lot of like uh heteronormative stuff you know they're like you know getting tough guy and all up in each other's faces and stuff but like there there's some real intimate moments and some looks and glances and just so many like little elements mm-hmm. that make it feel like somebody I feel like they might want to Is this to about to happen? Is, is this should. about to just happen? Just do it. Just do it. Just go ahead, you know? Yeah. 
You know, I texted you about this the other day, but since uh-huh. we're talking about it right now, I gotta go ahead and make my own joke. Let's hear it. The existence of of of, of Dom Toretto <laughs> implies that there is a sub Toretto out there, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yes, there's Surely. absolutely sub Toretto out there, one hundred percent. Now, one one pair that we've seen on the silver screen, what we've talked about on this year very show that I think could get on with their duties as wikis so much better uh-huh. if they just went ahead and just kissed about it, maybe. Okay. I'm talking about Daniel Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe right. that are just losing their damn minds trying to retain their straight sanity while they're inside of a giant penis in the dang lighthouse <laughs> in is the what lighthouse. I'm talking about. Yes, absolutely. Like, they... I... Because when you sent that to me, I had to remind myself they didn't kiss. Because they I dance, know, right? and it's like, that's the moment when it's about to happen, right? It's damn well about to right. happen. Right, yeah. And mm-hmm. they should have just got, like, I feel like they would have been a lot less, you know, ornery towards each other. I you don't know, know, I mean, seriously, if if all your choices are just to stay up in this dang lighthouse and cook a lobster and have some toots and stare <laughs> at a, a a demonish mermaid uh, fucking sculpture and fuck a hole in a bed, or Robert Pattinson, come on, I mean, just listen, kiss and hey, get it over with. Go ahead and kiss. I'm telling you, you're gonna be happier. Guess who else would have been way happier and probably would have saved some lives if they had just kissed. Billy and Stu from Scream. You know what? It really seems like that could have just gone right. well for everyone if they just would have gone ahead and done it. Exactly. Like, yes, I understand. He's upset about his mom and, and all these other things. I get this. Whatever. But the driving force is them performing for each other. They're Oh, yeah. They're, they're flirty with each other. Very. Yes. And for yeah, sure, man. I don't know. I and, and obviously they're based off of Leopold and Loeb, who were always like you know kind of looked at as perhaps having had a sexual relationship. So like, I I don't know. It it, it feel, feels like that was the entire time just right there. Like if they had just kissed, maybe Neff Campbell and her friends wouldn't have died. <laughs> It seems that way, doesn't it? It really does, man. Right. Hey, speaking of Scream, somebody on our Facebook group, which is awesome, just shared recently this photo where it's the whole gang from Scream and they're hanging around that fountain on campus or whatever. Uh-huh. And it shows Billy and Stu wearing the same matching boots right. that you see Ghostface wearing. Right. Holy yeah. fuck. That's such a cool Easter egg. It is. Yeah. The Scream movies are so good. Like I, I'm a huge fan of that franchise. And uh, I mean... The- <laughs> That that driving early driving force of really just like I don't know if it was Billy or Stu who's it feels like it's it's Billy who is making the decisions and Stu really just wants to be he wants to be Billy's boyfriend his main squeeze yeah you know for sure yeah, uh-huh. for sure yep he's always putting on a show for him and so forth mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that uh, it really just would have been better on everybody if they just would have <laughs> maybe smooched about it. For sure. What do you think about maybe some other folks, what we talked about earlier this month on Action August? I'm talking about a dang old John Travolta and a Nick Cage <laughs> That's right. in Face Off. I'm uh-huh. talking about Caster Troy and was it John Sean Archer? Archer? Somebody Archer? Yeah, Sean that's Archer. it. Uh-huh. 
They what if instead of swapping faces and swapping lives, what if they just would have swapped spit instead? I'm just asking. I mean, they went so far as to enter each other, but still wouldn't They entered kiss. each other. Just kiss, yeah. guys. No. Just yeah. kiss. Come on. <laughs> like, what? Although, like we for? said, <laughs> on the episode, there was this backstory where they actually were... Lovers. Lovers, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's why that tension's there, because that was, like, in the works, you know? So, it's Makes real. Sense. It's real. They should just kiss and get it over with. But I guess mm-hmm. since your former lover killed your son, it's probably oh, weird damn. to kiss then. Might be a little weird, <laughs> man. Now, what if they would have just happened to find out what each other's mama's got the same name? You know? <laughs> Maybe they could have kissed about it then, like Batman and Superman could have. Why did you say that name? Batman be Superman. Give me a little smooch on the lips. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, you didn't shave today. You're kind of (laughs) stubbly. I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know that that's ever been explored in the comics at all, but it definitely is like Batman's obsession with Superman. It makes sense when you think about Batman as this protector. And of course, even if Superman is a good guy, he's still like the biggest threat. So he's always preparing for him. But he also like he obsesses over him in a lot of ways and is like he's very bristly against like his leadership. And it also makes Superman kind of intrigued more by him there's yes. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like maybe if they explored that, there'd be a little less tension in Justice League. Maybe. I agree, man. Right? I agree. It's interesting, though, because, you know, in the Batman v Superman movie, that tension is very much there. But like in the, you know, the source material, kind of. Right. The uh, Frank Miller Dark Knight. Right. Like. Batman just fucking hates Superman's guts. And right, like, this is a him. dog shit, candy ass piece of shit. I fucking hate this guy. Yeah. Boy Scout, motherfucker. Like, uh-huh. he hates him in the book. Right. But, man, in that movie, there's some stuff going on. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I feel like... And, <laughs> the mother sharing the same name, really getting it. I, I don't even know what that is, right? Like, that just seemed like <laughs> the flimsiest excuse. Like, I got close really enough does. to you to smell that I like the way you smell. <laughs> uh, oh, our moms have the uh, same name. I can't do it. Uh. This changes everything. Uh, it's not because I really like your natural scent. Um. <laughs> exactly. I think. Uh, I mean, I think this is eventually going to happen. But Guillermo and Nandor, from what we do in the shadows, they're always got to happen. Yeah, like there, there all there's always tension there. And Guillermo, of course, likes Nandor. We know that. But Nandor gets jealous anytime Guillermo starts doing anything off on his own and whatnot. So yep. there Nandor's into him too. I'm just saying that's eventually going to happen for sure, right? You know, there's no way it's not going to happen. They should just go ahead and get it over with. Yeah. yeah. By the time this comes out, an episode may have come out where that happens because they are it currently in a season. So this may sound really <laughs> dumb by the time it comes out. <laughs> Okay, what about some other vampires that should just probably smooch about it? <laughs> yes, Lestat and Louis. Like, come, on, come on, guys. Yeah. Come on. Jeez, guys. We know what's... I mean, they did kind of... Ha- they vampire kissed. You know? They sort of did. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, they, they definitely have a relationship. I mean, it's... The book 
probably does more work in making clear just how sort of obsessed with each other they are and whatnot. But the movie still makes it pretty clear. Like it's pretty oh, yeah. gay. Like they, it's they, very there. Yeah, they they want to they want to be with each other, and and they basically set up that like family, you know. They have a, a, a little family. bit of a, a, a vampire family going on there, yeah. So it's, I need to read those damn books, man. We came across uh, Kate's copies of them in our story yeah. recently while read we were cleaning out yeah, some books man. and stuff. So I haven't read them in a long man. time, but I yeah. always liked her her prose. I mean, I, th- I think she's she's uh, real good at making you feel. I don't know what's the what's the feeling of of her movies morose, but. Yeah, intriguing, kind of romantic, morose. Yeah, kind of romantic, morose. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh huh. Only thing is, I'm trying to cut down on a carb, so I'm gonna start reading and cauliflower rice. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Up your fiber. It's the lower carb version yeah, of the books. The lower yeah, carbs, it's like yeah. <laughs> it's reprints of all the books with all the mentions of bread omitted, you know, <laughs> and cauliflower rice. Right. That sounds great. I'm excited. I don't know if it sounds great. Cauliflower rice pisses me off, dude. It just pisses uh, yeah. me off. Yeah, no, it doesn't do it doesn't do the thing. Like, you know, uh like I'm sure you've had like like buffalo cauliflower or whatever. That's kinda that's kinda okay. But cauliflower rice, like, don't pretend it's rice. It's just chunks don't of pretend. cauliflower. Dude, like, seriously, it doesn't even yeah. kind of do the same thing. Uh uh-uh. uh. I've heard tell that you can get a cauliflower pizza crust that's kind of okay. I've never mm. done it. Nah, I don't recommend it unless, you know, somebody comes along and tells you, like, if you eat yeast, you'll die. Mm, <laughs> then, you know, maybe try some cauliflower. I don't know. <laughs> I just drink my beer and go on with my business. Fuck what yeah. I do. Hell yeah. You know who I wish just would have kissed and made up instead of just becoming just big old fucking nemesis with each other? Who's that? Actually, I've kind of got a triangle of thought right here. Oh, okay. Initially, I was thinking about a Bret Hart and a Shawn Michael. Oh, There was definite yeah. tension between those two back in oh, the WWF sure. back yeah. in the day. Yeah, and you know? I mean, like, it, it even did have... Uh, a little bit of a sexual angle in that uh, uh, Shawn Michaels had accused Bret Hart of having an affair with Sonny, like on TV. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I forgot mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely something going on there with the boy toy. P.S. Mm-hmm. I have recently decided that um, if I ever just stumble into a bunch of money and get to buy some kind of like ridiculous, uh-huh. you know, crazy sports car just for fun or whatever. Sure. I'm absolutely getting a vanity plate. This is boy toy. <laughs> B-O-I-T-O-I. <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't be amazing. Boy toy. And it's yeah. all like a fucking Ferrari or Porsche or something. <laughs> boy toy. <laughs> That's what I want. And every, like, you you just have to, every time you start to pull up anywhere where you're going to be getting out, you have to just have HPK's entrance music ready to go. So as absolutely. you open the door, it's just like, It's the sound of that woman being murdered by Shawn Michaels. Yeah, that woman was murdered by Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Which is what I thought was happening when I was a child. 
I think that the guy who wore hearts on his pants uh, and the other guy who yeah. wore hearts on his pants would probably Ooh, they did, have gotten along they? if they had just like cut the tension. Just, you know. Hey, listen, you know what they needed to have? What's that? A little heart to heart. All right. You know? I mean, you know listen, what I mean? Sometimes something falls in your lap like heart to heart and you fucking nail it. You either have a heart to heart or a nipple to nipple, one or the other. <laughs> well, now that you mention it, hell, let's go nipple to nipple and nipple talk about Roadhouse. <laughs> Motherfucking Roadhouse. Fuck yeah. Oh, man. This movie. <laughs> nipple to nipple. This movie starts early on with a man offering a woman $100 for sex. She. Uh, like puts a knife in the hundred dollar bill and he kicks her off of her fucking chair. Kicks this her off the chair immediately is insane. Just immediately, and, and, and then follows that up with Patrick Swayze, Dalton, the cooler approaching uh-huh. the table, and the guy says, "I've always wanted to try you." Yeah. What? I think I can take to try you. what with you. I don't know. It, listen. <laughs> He he penetrates him with a knife and tells him he always wanted to try him, and I think I can take him. I mean, all right. I think I know exactly what's going on here. Right? <laughs> Dude, this fucking movie is just bananas, man. So it after, is. After I watched it the other night for the show... I got really stoned, and then I was like, I was laying in bed, and I was like, I'm just gonna Google Roadhouse Gay, and right. it brought uh-huh. up like so many people's like blog entries right. and movie reviews and stuff of you know the, the homoerotic subtext of this movie, and there are some truly fantastic reads out there that Absolutely. I really enjoy yeah. prowling through. Yeah, I mean, uh, we have to talk about the the very clear moment where he has a three-way with with uh sam elliott and and the doctor like i mean who wouldn't they're at the who bar wouldn't? sam elliott's like i'm gonna show you my pubes and then immediately <laughs> it's like come on come on let's go somewhere more romantic and, so and, he, and fucking dalton says he's serious yeah and then yeah. they, there's a, a gap of time when they leave the bar, and then now they're at breakfast, and they're all tired. I was going to say, it's like dawn at yeah. this diner. They're still drinking. Right. I'm and saying dancing. they went and had a fucking three-way, and then went and got some breakfast. And kept there's no way beers. that didn't happen. Right? There's no That's way that That's exactly what happen. happens in this movie. Yeah, this movie is full of like people who want to fuck Dalton, uh, and people who like, I, I, as I, I think you said before this, that there's no love triangle in this. It's like a love, uh, uh, fucking Tesseract. <laughs> Dodecahedron. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's going every which way. Yeah. Cause like, like the farmer watching him do Tai Chi is so <laughs> oh sexual. God. Oh my God. And dude, fucking daddy, Braddy are bad guys yeah. that. He, who watches clearly, his uh, his own like the, the woman him. who's supposed to be his girlfriend uh, like try to fuck Dalton watches yeah. that happen a, a couple of times like yeah we know he gets upset about it 
because she has a bruise on her eye later. But then she does it again. Like, and he just watches. It's interesting. And we also have that guy who's like, hey, uh, you want to uh, kiss my wife's tits for 20 bucks? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> what is this? Is this a swingers bar? Is it a swingers town? Is the question? Is it a swingers town? Yeah. Listen, the, the fucking town this takes place in is so bizarre because everyone's a swinger and everyone knows martial arts. Everyone. <laughs> like, the craziest thing that we never saw is like, where is the town dojo that is the size of like an Amazon fucking shipping center? Because everybody's in there learning karate and then yeah. going to the sauna to fuck, right? Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. That's all that happens in this town. This is maybe the town that what is it what is it? it's fucking uh death spa remember how the the yes, in death spa, the gym is just a million people like this is the town where death spa took place it's got to be right, right? Uh, it's the only thing that makes sense yeah holy shit dude this is one of those movies that i always heard reference and always heard talked about and i know it was on tv and stuff all the time but uh-huh. I, I never watched it growing oh, up i mean okay. it came out in what 87 is that uh, right <laughs> Uh, no, uh, 80, fuck, 80, 89, sorry. 89. Yeah. So it came mm. out, you know, when I was a kid, but like, I remember hearing my mom and her friends talking about Swayze and what a hunk he was right. and, you know, all this jazz, but I didn't see this movie until, I mean, semi-recently. Um, wow. Okay. And so I didn't grow up with it. I've got no nostalgia for it, but I remember watching it for the first time with Kate and just being like, this is bananas uh-huh. this is it fucking is. bonkers it how is. did this fucking get made and nobody <laughs> was like what are we doing here guys it's uh, listen it is so amazing it's a movie that much like commando i i have said i think commando is kind of a is kind of a uh uh homage to action movies a satire of action movies this is kind of the same thing where it's like they take everything so big but they add in all this very obvious homoeroticism and it seems like it's got to be intentional it is yeah and 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 like you know the thing is you see uh there are boobs in this they're 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 pretty ladies taking out their, their their taters but dumping them Fuck it. There are dudes with their shirts off an equal amount. We see Swayze's oh, yeah. ass. Like we're we're it is this is a this is like the most bisexual eighties action movie. It is, it is the most right? wildly bisexual eighties action movie of all time, Absolutely. without a doubt. Yes, <laughs> I mean, like uh, as you you said that uh, when we were talking about this, that like uh, you know uh, Sam Elliott is so insanely handsome in this like oh my god dude like, like ridiculous smoldering right like he and he's obviously like as i said like they have a three-way he's being so like uh like touchy and close with patrick swayze like their relationship he calls him miho which means like my son but like it's it doesn't feel like a father son thing. It feels like the no. relationship of a couple of guys who've definitely nailed the same woman uh, several times. Like yeah, the, and these probably guys each are other. Close, yeah. yeah, and probably each other. That's what I'm saying. These, these guys are so intimate with one another, and 
it, it's it's great it's like showing this like very loving relationship it's not being critical of that that's what i love about it is that the writing that's seems true. the writing seems to be that you know they they were making an actiony action movie with the most villainy villain to ever villain and also, it is a loving story about a man, a man, and a woman who are going to run away together. <laughs> but it's not judgy about it. It's not no, like, not at like all. oh, the, the bad guy is the gay one. It's just right. like, no, everybody kind of wants to fuck everybody. And <laughs> yeah. it is what it is. Everybody. There's so much tension with everybody. It is crazy. Dude, from the get-go, when we start this movie off, and we are in the the first place that Dalton is working at, and we get our man Frank uh-huh. rolling up in his limousine, the uh-huh. rich man right of choice uh-huh. in his limo. Yeah. Um. Frank has eyes all over Dalton. He witnesses that yes. bar fight that breaks oh, out man. that you're talking about, and uh-huh. then like while Swayze is like sewing himself up, like okay, it never shows his lower half. Right. It's kind of implied that he's butt-ass naked in there. Right. Or at least down to his drawers or something Uh while he's stitching himself up. Yeah. Like, you can watch. They show it. Like, Frank's eyes, like, dart down. Yeah. To, like, where his dick would be. Right. He checks him out, for sure. Uh Yeah. And he has, like, very fucky eyes in Uh every scene he's in, right? 100% always just eyes on Dalton. Like, he he gets lovey eyes for him all the time. Yeah. Oh, uh, man, dude. You also see it with uh, Carrie Ann, played by Kathleen Wilhoyt, who's awesome, but, you know, a lot of her scenes got cut out of this. But Yeah, like, underutilized, yeah. Yeah, but, like, she obviously wants him. She shows up at his place and sees his ass and is just, like, you know, immediately like, flustered. It brings like, him a sausage biscuit about it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and the bad guy's girlfriend, the second she sees him, wants to fuck him. Like, absolutely, everybody's trying to fuck Dalton. People just say Dalton. Like, people are so excited about Dalton being <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't get anything out of that guy who got uh, Dalton's old car given to him. <laughs> right, like, I'm no valet or whatever. He's like, right. well, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Let me kiss on you a little bit for the car. <laughs> I mean, that was real nice of you to give me the car. Thanks. Uh yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I think that like they they knew what they were doing is what I feel like. And I and I feel like they I succeeded wonder. in making something unique out of Roadhouse when it could have just because this is, you know, we've we've gone through Schwarzenegger and Stallone and uh, you know, all sorts of like big muscular uh, over the top hyper masculine movies to the point where a writer could just look at those tropes pick out like the most hyper masculine tropes and then exploit them in a way to be like yeah a lot of this hyper masculinity is this kind of interest in men's bodies and this like interest in 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 sex with other men like there there's definitely like uh there's definitely some knowledge here by the screenwriters i feel like of what they're doing because we got uh, oh yeah david lee henry who came up with the story and uh hillary hinken who uh you know co-wrote the the screenplay with him i feel like it, it was originally over three hours the 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 Whoa. first cut was originally over three hours and there was a fucking a, return of the king style damn right and uh, by the way if that cut came out i would watch it in a second would sign not me a up thought, yeah in my head, not a single hesitation. Just turn it on. I want to see all three hours. 
But there Same. was there was more with Carrie Ann. <laughs> we have an explanation as to why Keith David is in the background. It only says one fucking line. Dude, uh, that was so weird to me because I hadn't watched this movie in so long that like I didn't even remember Keith David being in here, and he just right. shows up as like, oh yeah, he's the new bartender, not right. even like the new bouncer or anybody. Right. Where we get to see him like beat ass and throw somebody out the door, it's like he's just like pouring a fucking beer and like shining a glass up, and it's like, why did they get Keith David for this? Well, yeah, he originally had more scenes, uh, a scene where basically he proved himself in the bar, and and uh, that made. Um, Dalton offer him a job as the bartender and then like there there would have been a, little, a good bit more with his character just like with Carrie Ann. I mean we clearly see Carrie Ann like uh she she's singing at one point. And it's like, "Oh, there must have been some reasoning for that." Like she's with yeah. the band and she talks about how she didn't or something about like she never thought she'd be doing this. It's like, "Well, there must have been some story there." <laughs> <laughs> but, but they left that scene in because yeah. it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like, there's a lot cut out, which kind of makes uh, a lot of the characters' stories just fall flat. But the stuff that stays in is all the the primary stuff. The the Dalton and um, uh, fuck, I keep forgetting his name. Wade Garrett, uh, Samuel Elliott. Dalton, Wade Garrett, uh, the doc and Ben Gazzara, the, you know, bad guy, Brad Wesley, like their interactions are all the, the main bit. And that whole story progresses pretty well. Minus, I think what's going on with the doc. I feel like some stuff must've been cut out hmm. there because yeah. she Her suddenly characters shifts. all over the map. Yeah. <laughs> she suddenly like, shifts whenever- from like, I like this yeah. bad boy to like, I, Oh, you're a bad boy. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah you didn't tell me you were a bad boy bad boy because like uh, yeah whenever they meet in the uh, the er and he's telling her how he doesn't need a local anesthetic because pain don't hurt pain don't hurt uh, yeah which makes no <laughs> fucking sense the best uh you know she's like very chill and very like stoic and uh-huh. uh pretty level and then it's like before long she is like hysterical and also he's hysterical where he's like we've dated and maybe boned like two times i want to leave you've got to come with me and she's like no <laughs> like yeah how dramatic are these fucking people uh yeah i don't know it is well she she saw him rip out someone's throat and was like oh gosh i mean i know he tried to murder your friend and they keep harassing you and whatnot but you ripped out his throat <laughs> like what i don't know whatever <laughs> <laughs> holy shit man oh my god more on that fight scene later because it's so just, awesome yeah that's the best it's pretty impressive that she becomes as obsessed with dalton as she is when they have like zero none, on-screen none. chemistry none 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 zero and apparently they had annette benning before that and they they got rid of her because they had no chemistry. It's like okay, so you brought somebody in with even less chemistry. Or, like, I don't. Like, you couldn't <laughs> yeah, find we a single down person here? with chemistry with Patrick Swayze. I, really? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they did because <laughs> they got uh, fucking uh, Sam Elliott in here, and yeah, they are they smoldering on sure. screen, right? <laughs> <laughs> You know, speaking of character storylines that don't make a lot of sense, like one question that I really had here is why the movie starts off with Dalton it being the cooler in New York, uh-huh. 
in a pretty well-established place where he's kicking ass and stuff. And this guy is just like, hey, do you want to move to shit kicker? What is it, like Missouri or something? Yeah, Jasper, Missouri. Uh-huh. Jasper, Missouri, also known as L.A., as you can tell from the fucking scenery and street <laughs> uh, well, signs. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Uh, it's uh, Santa Clarita. I, I immediately was like, yes, this is not fucking no, anywhere not but Southern California. <laughs> Fuck no, man. But, you know, he's just like, hey, I've got this place that sucks and we have to, like, sweep up eyeballs off the floor every night. Right. You want to come? And Dalton's, like, on the spot, like, well, okay. I'm fucking there. <laughs> what he offers him. Okay, somebody did the math, and what he is offering him is $500 a night plus full medical insurance. $500 a night. Dalton is expected to be there every single night it's open. He'd make close to $150,000 in a year as a cooler uh, at this bar. In, Ow. what, 1989 m- money, right? Yeah, so it's like closer to $500,000 now. How? How is he paying for this? Are these people like just Dude. coming in every night and spending hundreds of dollars? And here's the thing. How are these bars paying that kind of salary when they're getting like tens of thousands of dollars of damage every fucking every night? night. <laughs> every night when these brawls break out and people are like breaking the back bar mirrors and yeah. destroying tables and shattering bottles and like Jesus Christ, man. Like this fucking, isn't a special occasion for any of these places. There's graffiti all over the wall. People trying to sell fucking Buicks. <laughs> selling a good buick <laughs> for a oh good my God. buick call i hope somebody did oh, call it's so good <laughs> it's so good man dude yeah. that place that that you know that he ends up going to the the double deuce uh-huh. um i i swear to you i have played at that place before and it right. is in taswell tennessee yeah i have played there i can't remember if back in the day if it was called the <laughs> It was like the hog's roost or the okay. hog's nest or something like that. I, I think I'm like trying to block it out, but like, <laughs> like no shit. Whenever we pulled up to play this place, which was like not on Google Maps or anything, so we had to like circle it a hundred times before we found it. We pulled up to this place, and it's like this big barn-looking place like that, and they uh-huh. had fucking dog cages out in front of the venue, oh. like dog cages. Oh, for the for you for the band. No, no, like for I guess dogs? fucking dog fights and shit going. Oh on. shit! Oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It was like, whoa! What the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> I was like, are they making you perform from dog cages? What is this? How sick? <laughs> but dude, like I have totally fucking played that place before, and the right. funny thing is, is when we get a load of this place, and it's like it's initially dirt floors and chicken wire around the bandstand Uh and stuff but then at the same time like every lady in town that's going to this place with Uh her you know schmo dude is like decked out to the nines with like done up hair full makeup dresses high heels looking great they're all to go to the double deuce to go to the double deuce where there are dudes there that look like the dudes that go to the double deuce and all of them are just like, hi, I'm pretty and hot. And yeah, it makes no sense. I'm going to go to the bar where people are definitely going to get in fights. There's going to be like bottles and shit thrown around. I don't I'd know. I'd stay home. 
Yeah, I'd stay is that home. the only this choice? Sounds awful. I mean, just like casual shit that's that's going around is people selling their their girls boobies to be kissed on for twenty bucks, and then some guy going over there and just handling the merchandise like he's fucking checking to see if the damn if the plums are ripe or something. Well, and you know? again, this is like a situation where. The husband seems cool with this until yeah, he again, finds out he doesn't have town. the money to yeah. kiss his wife's tits in the middle <laughs> of a bar. In front of everyone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what now, the okay, fuck is but, this movie? The, but okay, so I'm guessing this is what Dalton is used to because when we see the place that Garrett is working at, Wade Garrett is working at a place... That has a wet G-string contest. That's a new one. sounds fucking awesome. I, I support it fully, but I've never heard of that. <laughs> That's Never like, heard of that. This Not contest once. starts tits out. <laughs> like there's, there's no like wet t-shirt like, oh, what's under there? Nope. There they are. Uh, well, here's the thing. Let's the be G-string. real here. <laughs> Honestly, I think basically... Anywhere that Sam Elliott went during this era was by default a wet G-string contest, right? <laughs> it was <laughs> like it's everywhere he it goes. Like it's just keep. Hey, it just keeps on happening. You know what I mean? <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're probably right. <laughs> Guy can't go buy a gallon of milk without encountering a wet G-string. You know. <laughs> Look at him. What a problem to have. I mean, honestly, it sounds all right. <laughs> now, these ladies get all dolled up to go to the double deuce and then get dudes asking them if they'd like to go nipple to nipple. This uh-huh. this phrase confused me so greatly. Because yeah. For one, the guy says that, which is just a real weird thing to say. But then she responds with saying, I could do that myself. So she, could put, like, she could put her nipples together. Yeah. I guess, like, she goes home and kind of, I guess, grabs one in each hand and kind of turns them in, which, I mean, I don't have, I don't have boobs, but I would imagine that wouldn't feel great to kind of turn them in at each other, would it? Okay, but you're, you're thinking that women aren't also, like, dumb like us, but you're forgetting Mm. that. Women are also just like dudes. Like, what do these things do? Like, can I, can I maybe put the nipples together? Oh, I can't. What can you do with these Ooh. things? Just yeah. trying stuff, huh? Yeah. So I guarantee there are a ton of women listening right now who are like, yeah, no, I can. Yeah, I can do that. So All right. I need somebody to confirm because here's yeah. the thing: back in the early, early mid 2000s, 2005 ish era, uh huh. You remember there's that whole rash of like like dick and ball tricks that dudes were doing like the the hot dog the hamburger the wristwatch all these things right i uh i remember those from way back even in the 90s my friend because i I remember i remember (laughs) i remember as a 15 year old going to parties and my friend charles uh busting out what he called the brain Oh yeah, the brain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Also, the squirrel on the trampoline was not unheard of at some of these parties. <laughs> I don't know that one. What is oh, that? Oh, that's when you pull you pull your ball sack out and then bounce the dick on top of it. Oh, squirrel on a trampoline. Squirrel on a trampoline. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So, <laughs> are there are there booby tricks too? Absolutely, there are booby tricks. I mean, you've never seen a woman like hold a beer in between her titties. 
I mean, I guess there's stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, but they involve they involve props, you know? Oh. It's like a carrot top act. Well, I mean, I'm sure if you can... <laughs> You're saying, you're saying that booby tricks are of a lesser quality because they require props. I'm not coming down on Carrot Top. I'm not coming down on prop comics. Don't get me wrong here. Don't get it twisted. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Let us know out there. Let us know. Any booby tricks that uh, you know of. Um, I'd love Be to hear Be careful about posting those in the Facebook group. <laughs> Be careful. Right. The way you choose to share but, this hey, over on Blue Sky, post whatever you want, I guess. <laughs> but hey, if you go to to roughing up some boobs in these bars, you might very well get funked up by goddamn Terry Funk. Terry Funk is in this fucking movie, and he's great. The hardcore legend. Yeah, man. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm glad to get to talk about this uh, a little bit because I I did some research. I did I did a good bit of research into this movie because it's Roadhouse, and I'm sitting here watching it, and I'm like, it's, yeah, it's perfect. What are we talking about? So I had to like do some research just to have something to talk about. Uh, and Terry Funk had been away from wrestling for three years at this at this point. Um, really? Yeah. Well, he, at this point, he was how how fucking old was he here? Um, I see, uh, forty five. Yeah. So he's he's about forty four, forty five. Um, and he had been away for about three years. He had he had you know had a little run in in WWE and then decided. To go to Hollywood, tries his luck in Hollywood, uh, did, you know, uh, a few movies, TV shows, etc. But this, this movie came out two weeks after he returned to WCW slash NWA to uh, <laughs> Wrestle War 89. And it's awesome. Go go check it out if you got Peacock. You can watch an awesome match between Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat. And uh, in between or after that, they have a little like interview with Ric Flair and Terry Funk, who was at ringside, comes up and he keeps interrupting the interview and then like asking for a title shot. And Ric Flair tells him he's too Hollywood. Terry Funk. Ooh. Ric Flair tells Terry Funk. He's too Hollywood. And then Terry Funk tries to pile drive him through a table that doesn't break. Oh, oh, oh. It's badass. So Terry Funk, the, it, like after three years away from wrestling, uh, came back to that. And then two weeks later, this came out. And that's why Terry Funk had a revival in his career. I feel like, like they just Holy set shit, up everything awesome. perfectly right in time for this movie to come out, which, you know, the movie didn't do insanely well, but it made like 61 million off of like Damn. $15 million budget. So it, it clearly made money. Uh, yeah, and he, good. he, he is like, known for being in this movie just like sam elliott sam elliott said that like he, this is the movie people know him most from like this really did like help a lot of their careers even though at the time it wasn't gigantic it hit huge in home video and coming on tbs i think every afternoon for years <laughs> it was right? on tbs like every day it felt like no kidding man and i'll tell you like it delighted me to see terry funk in this movie just to see you know the most hardcore wrestler of all time if you yeah, guys don't badass. know terry funk and the wild ass shit he's done oh my god dude the amount of like fucking hp damage that guy has done For to real. himself over his lifetime yeah <laughs> holy shit man uh but it delighted me to see him 
and, uh, and he's like a good actor too. That is true. He he surprisingly like he's not stilted like Hulk Hogan or a lot of others that tried to act at this time. He comes across very genuine, uh, kind of like he always did with his promos. Like he he feels like. Like Terry Funk can put out a promo that that sounds so scary and it feels real. Like he looks like he means it. Uh, and so yeah. in this, he's playing a badass and he's able to easily channel that he's a badass because the guy was a badass. So I, I think that like um, he he definitely found a little niche here where he could fit in, and I feel like they could have had him in a lot more movies playing kind of thug roles, but he went back to wrestling totally. and kind of had that revival. So never really came to pass, but it would have been cool if we had movie star, Terry Funk. No kidding. Yeah. I guess he just really wanted to go back to getting uh barbed wired and C4 explosive matched. <laughs> yeah. Check seriously. out the Japanese shit. Yeah. Go, go, go uh, dark side of the ring. Check out the one on FMW. I mentioned that Sushi Onita last fucking week, in fact. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, FMW at Sushi Onita, there's a whole history there with Terry Funk talking about how he had the, the first kind of hardcore match in Memphis and how that all eventually led to these fucking barbed wire death matches in Japan. Absolutely insane, man. Yeah. And I wonder what his reputation is in this bizarre bouncer underground word of mouth industry that exists right. in this world like pre-internet you know pre-social media anything where <laughs> you know bars across the country know the name of the legendary coolers <laughs> like wade garrett and shit what yeah. the fuck is going on here i don't know it, <laughs> it's just a different one it's like it, that's one of the print like uh, uh, premises of 80s horror art 80s uh action movies is often that doesn't matter what it is whatever the focus of the movie is happens to be the biggest thing in the world so yes uh you know uh over the top everybody's arm paying wrestling. attention to arm wrestling for some reason. everybody yes like, uh, even cocktail cocktails not action but it's, everybody cares about this cocktail competition nobody gives a yep. shit about cocktail mm-hmm. competitions but it it's like I, I guess people do give a shit about cocktail competitions our guy rdm does for sure but the, yeah, I, I'm yeah. just saying that uh, the the entire premise is it doesn't matter. This world is a world where coolers and and bouncers are the most important people. <laughs> like Apparently. everybody, everybody knows who they are. Like oh my god, we're getting Dalton. Like they seriously like when Dalton shows up, people First are saying basis. like that's Dalton. Uh, that's Dalton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is just like so over the top that uh, which is the name of course of that arm wrestling movie uh it, it is so over the top but it's like like it feels intentional it feels like the they were just ramping up everything about the action movie just increasing everything like it's not just a world where he's a bouncer it's a world where bouncers are stars and he is oh yeah the star other than his mentor wade garrett yes absolutely man and you know that extends all the way out to this fucking amazing farmer buddy that he makes that he is immediately allured to. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. fucking farmer guy, man. This dust bowl ass farmer yeah. that rents Sunshine him a room. Sunshine Parker. Um, he, we've seen him before in Tremors. 
Uh, he's also in oh, Pee Wee's no Big shit. Adventure. Guy's in a ton Whoa. of movies playing either like an old farmer or uh, 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 a homeless person. Like those are <laughs> the two things type. he's just great at. Apparently, Aww. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Sunshine Parker hole, yeah. immediately takes a liking to him. Uh, an interesting liking when he starts doing that Tai Chi because he's 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 watching. He's watching. He's got eyes on him. I'm telling you. Um, but he makes it clear that he's got to be charging him rent on that room. <laughs> Otherwise, the local Presbyterians is going to think he's gay. Yeah. What? Um, I didn't even notice this line until he said it and Kate pointed out. She's like, oh, that's because they think he's gay. If he was just lodging a guy right. that wasn't yeah. paying for it. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? And, and he has that line where he's like, yeah, the local Presbyterians would be praying for my ruination if I didn't right. charge your rent. And I was like, yep. that's what that means? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the movie's not like, it's not so subtle it, it, when you're really paying attention. No. It's not so subtle as to what it's getting at. I think like, uh, also we got to talk about Red West who plays Red Webster, the the hard sh- uh, hardware shop owner or yeah, yeah. hardware shop i guess uh that guy was at one time the bodyguard and close confidant of elvis presley in real life in real life yeah what uh-huh at a point he's got he, some stories <laughs> yeah at a point he was fired by elvis and um he released a tell-all book which is pretty controversial called elvis what happened that kind of exposed elvis's drug addiction Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Red West is in this movie and, honestly, is great. Like, uh, he, he really feels like Red West and several of the, the actors that are supposed to be the, the locals really do feel like local kind of... I mean, this is Missouri, but they feel kind of local Southern, etc. Like, it, they're, they're really projecting a, a good like feel for this town even though yeah. they're telling us it's missouri and it looks clearly like california <laughs> <laughs> and and honestly there's only like four places in the entire town right. there's yeah. the, there's the barn that dalton lives at uh-huh. that is across the pond from, from brad's place <laughs> yeah a millionaire mansion with a helicopter yeah. and shit yeah. and then there's the uh the double deuce which is across the street from red's place and that's right. like that's that's, that's it. it i guess that's the whole town and this guy our our villain runs the town and buddy do i have a whole oh lot of stuff to God. say about this villain because this is Ben Gazzara is just eating up this role. Like he is so much this like, fucking guy. Yeah, like because he the the role is basically like he's kind of the 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 opposite in some ways, though very similar to Dalton. Like he projects yeah. this very cool and calm demeanor, but he, inwardly he is raging. He has. Mm-hmm a lot of rage and that comes out a lot and it may I mean makes him make mistakes that dalton doesn't make um and they're also both really into guys yes and really, they're also really yeah, absolutely uh-huh D- daddy bratty is definitely um he's very obsessed with dalton like immediately Dude, taken oh with my god man yeah. and the thing is is like our our first introductions to daddy bratty uh-huh he doesn't even necessarily seem like 
that bad of a guy. Like, he's right. having this crazy-ass swingers well, party at his place where he comes uh-huh. out in a pink bathrobe right. and, like, immediately <laughs> is like, I love this guy. He's so cute. Uh-huh. He says to this lady he's with. Like, yeah. that's the first thing we fucking see out of this guy. And... And then, dude, the scene where we get him driving with the top down in his red convertible, just driving all over the road, singing to fucking oldies and shit. Yeah. It it just shows how, like, immediately lets you know he he will not see consequences to anything he does. Right? Like, it sets it up so, so well. Like, he's clearly rich, gets everything he wants, and he does not see consequences to his actions. We're already, but at the same time, like yeah. it seems like he's pretty set into this lifestyle that he's created. But then, when Dalton shows up, it seems it, to awaken this like madness in him. Yeah, there's something about Dalton, like because Dalton. I mean, the you know the the woman that he's with. What is the name of the girlfriend? Crap. Denise, uh, Denise, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Denise immediately approaches Dalton upon seeing him, and then we also find out that uh, that uh, Brad Wesley had a thing for the doctor, and he yeah. sees them fucking on the roof of a barn. So, like, <laughs> there's there's definitely like that competitive element to it, but they're like, again, like they're competing over like what they what. Brad Wesley seems to see as just sex objects. So, like, to him, it's like uh, his interest is clearly more in Dalton. He he doesn't seem to care about the women that much. Mm, um, no, not yeah. at all. So, I but I want to talk about like uh, a couple of people because the the character seems uh, several of the characters are named after Western like people uh, because this okay. this is a Western, and we'll talk about like more about how this is a Western, but. One of the characters, uh, or the, one of the the people that uh, inspired Brad Wesley, is the gunslinger, an old West outlaw, John Wesley Harden. And what caught my attention in reading about John Wesley Harden was how often he got away with doing terrible shit, mm. and uh, <laughs> how it just. So happens that like he 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 did so many terrible and crazy over the top things and kept getting away with it. But then um a little bit later in his life was killed in public, shot in the back of the head, and the guy who shot him in the back of the head uh was found uh, there was a hung jury. So he basically got off for for killing a person in public because nobody liked him um whoa and then the more uh clear connection and and this is you gotta research this some yourself if you're really interested in this guy but i'm gonna give the the highlights of the life of ken mcelroy who um boy what a piece of shit uh this guy was charged (laughs) with 21 felonies in his life and not one except for the last stuck he um he definitely was uh he attempted to murder a town grocer a 70 year old by shooting him in the neck with a shotgun the guy surprisingly survived uh but that that was the one time when he was actually found guilty 
Uh, the rest of his life, I don't want to get too deep into it, but, you know, because there, there's uh, definitely some uh, se- sexual assault. He preferred 13 to 14-year-old girls. Oh, my God. He, um, a, a family wouldn't let him marry a 14-year-old, so he went to their house, burned it down, and killed their dogs. Um, and then the family agreed to let her marry him because the police arrested him and he got off so they knew holy they shit. couldn't do anything to stop him uh he he did so many fucking absolutely terrible things uh and then one night uh 60 people uh, met in a building and talked about how to stop him and uh, a little bit later that night one of those 60 people killed him uh nobody has said who nobody saw anything Oh, that sounds familiar. Yes, and this happened in 1981. So, no kidding. Yeah. So the these two Whoa. people clearly inspired this uh, villain. Who, upon first viewing, if you don't know about these two people, you'd say, "Oh, this is over." This th- there's no villain that would get away with this, right? But there were in fact there had been one just eight years before this movie came out a guy who kept getting away with horrendous shit because the police were afraid of him well let me ask you this though as horrendous as that guy was was he ever spotted watching a man do tai chi by the riverside (laughs) while sitting on a (laughs) three-wheeler that that is such a fucking interesting moment because that I don't know if it's intentional, but I feel like it is. I, I couldn't match up the dates of exactly when they filmed this and exactly when the three-wheeler ban happened. But the three-wheeler yes. ban happened in 1988 while they were filming this. It's, it's It could have been almost before or after, around the same time. So it was definitely in discussion. So they just had the villains sit on the bad thing. Right? That's a bad guy vehicle. Exactly. Like, it, and, and it works. Like, I mean, you know, the context is lost over time. But, like, at the time, it would be like, you're not supposed to have those. He has one. You're yeah. not supposed to have one. Yeah, dude. Totally, right? As, as a, a fellow um, trashy southern boy, do you have any experience with three-wheelers? Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Of course <laughs> we do. We both do. <laughs> Yeah, my mom. My mom had a a boyfriend. Well, she had several boyfriends who rode motorcycles, but one in particular who had a three wheeler. Um, he he uh, he wouldn't ride it much, but he he also didn't want to get rid of it. He kind of refused, you know. Uh, but it it's one of those things that is like on par with like the gigantic satellite outside the trailer. Like, just such a, a seared-in memory of my life of three-wheelers. Because I knew other That's people amazing. who had three-wheelers, too. And it really was just kind of a, a poor Southern thing, I think. Oh, yeah. Totally, dude. We we had some uh, some homeschool friends that had a three-wheeler. I might have mentioned it on the show sometime a while back, where we would take their three-wheeler and we would just take some rope and like tie some like cardboard to the back of it uh-huh. and just kind of like ski Slot, around the yeah. yard. Yeah. yeah, like one uh, person would drive the three-wheeler and the other person would just like hang on for dear life onto the cardboard. <laughs> uh, man, just talk about some trashy shit right there. 
Well, I mean, it's not trashy. It's fun. <laughs> it's trashy nah. about that. I mean, it's, <laughs> ain't, no, ain't a thing wrong with it. I mean, it's like you go to a uh, Disney World and you think you're uh, not uh, going to a carnival. Like, it's the same shit. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> higher price tag. Though, yeah, right? it's a higher price tag. You're still at a carnival, my friend. <laughs> well, speaking of life experiences, let me ask you this: Have you ever been present for a bar brawl? Because there's so no. many in this movie, and people just go along with it. No, no, I have not. I've seen people get taken out of bars a good amount yeah uh never seen a fight like actually break out man i've never gotten to see like a full-on bar brawl like all the you know shady ass places and stuff i've played i've never seen like a yeah all out you know people picking up chairs damn pool cues getting broken and stabbed into people kind of shenanigans that you see in this but like whenever i think about bar brawls like the first thing that comes to mind for me Mm-hmm. is back in the day, my uh, my old band, Human Fuse, who I just uh-huh. put a video uh, up about on my channel a week or two ago, uh-huh. um, we were playing a Battle of the Bands at the downtown <laughs> in Morristown, uh-huh. yes. right? okay. If you know Morristown, you know the downtown. It was like the only mm-hmm. bar in town, and uh, they treated bands and stuff great. And uh, it was a really cool venue, and we were playing a Battle of the Bands there, and... We had our, our bass player, Joe. You know, mm-hmm. Joe Roland, of course. Great yep. fucking guy. Junkyard Joe. Yep. We all love dearly. And man, we were playing our, our, you know, two or three songs, whatever it is we had the time to play. And there's this drunk ass guy in the front row. And that place is like a long hall with a right. tiny ass stage at the front of it. Uh-huh. And there's this guy in the front row that was like super drunk and like moshing into our bass player, uh-huh. like bashing into him and just like knocking him into his own amps and stuff. Like uh-huh. being a fucking idiot. This happened like two or three times. And we were like, you know, we were so stoked. Right. Like, Man, we want to go win the battle of the bands. It was just kid stuff, you know. Yeah. And uh, Joe got shoved into his amp by this guy. And man, it was the most fucking badass thing ever. Joe had a wireless system, so he didn't have a cord attached to his you know, amp from his bass. Uh-huh. He just like, I'm watching this happen, and I'm playing the song, and he just like slings his bass behind his back. <laughs> and like, it was like that fucking move in Troy, like the jump punch. Uh-huh. Where he like leaps in the air and just starts fucking down punching the fuck out of this guy. And uh-huh. our band just keeps playing. Like, I guess just keep going, guys. <laughs> and I see Joe and this guy getting pulled like all the way to the back of the venue. And Joe's just wailing on the guy <laughs> the entire time. And a mob of people is moving him out of the venue during the middle of this battle of bands. And Joe eventually makes his way back to the stage. He just kind of like takes a breath and like, you know, puts his bass in front of him. His knuckles are all fucked up and shit. And we finished the set. We never stopped playing is the thing. Fuck like, yeah. We never stopped. It was just like, you I remember a drummer. That's yeah, I know, right? Gotten an award That's a show. Scrappiest, like... <laughs> Yeah, Scrappy is for sure. Uh, like, I remember looking at our drummer and looking at our singer, and they're like, do we keep going? And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, fucking <laughs> killing fucking it. keep going. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it was so fun, man. But yeah, that's that's my impressions of, uh, of bar brawls. Although I've never played a place where I had to have chicken wire around the stage while uh while i was playing some music like old jeff healy does in this yeah that was pretty normal not normal but it happened in honky tonks back in the day 
Because, yeah, people just throw their beers on stage, you know? Uh, I but, guess so. Yeah, but it, it's not it's not common. It definitely is indicative of a, a, a toxic work environment, though, I'd say. If you're, I would think so, if you're, yeah. If you're the house band somewhere and you're playing around chicken wire fence, I don't know, maybe just tell them, like, hey, I, I'm going to find a different job. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk some about the bands in this because there's yeah. one band that you see at the first of this movie uh-huh. and you don't see him again, and that's because they went off to play a damn gig at the Titty Twister in From <laughs> Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, the lead singer uh, is is the same as the lead singer for Tito and Tarantula, who are in From Dust Till Dawn. They're the vampire band, and amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really cool. And then of course, yeah, we got Jeff Healy band. For the rest of the time, and uh, Jeff Healy doing a fine job acting, you know. Yeah, he uh, is honestly. I was yeah. I was surprised because like I knew he was a musician, but like he he re- when I was paying attention, it's like yeah, I think he's pretty pretty well nailing his lines. He's doing a good job, like yeah. Uh, and of course, fucking the music is great. Like I mean, it it really feels like a bar because it's covers. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. They play Mustang Sally and shit right, like that, yeah. just like Roadhouse fucking blues covers. And he's a he's an amazing player and, and gone way too soon, man. Like I was right, reading up yeah. on a guy and he was like forty one when he died. Yeah, right? ridiculous. Yeah, he he fucking lost terrible. his eyes at, at eighteen months. Like so <sighs> he yeah, just like he he developed that guitar style too. The that like playing on the lap thing. Like he he. I want to talk about this. Yeah. yeah. He started playing when like, he was three, and I guess it was just his geez. way of like you know doing it, make, making it make sense to himself. And fucking, he's he's wailing on it. Listen, man, I like to think of myself as someone who knows a thing or two about the guitar. You know, I've, right. I've played it for a minute. Uh-huh. I've known a lot of other players that have played for a minute or two, and I've tried to soak up about as much as I can. But one thing that I still do not understand is the advantage of playing in the uh, so-called blind man style, playing with the guitar laying in your lap like Jeff does in this, and like um, the profoundly, unbelievably talented Roy Hoffman does now. Uh, Uh There's a handful of players that are blind that play with their guitars laying down in their laps like that, and I still cannot, and, and again, part of it is because I have never been a blind person, mm-hmm. I cannot understand what the advantage would be to playing that way. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I, I, I don't know either, as I don't know how to play a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me none. I can't tell you a thing, but I, it, it does. it's interesting because the moment that you see it, it's like, huh. Like, I don't know why. I also don't know why. Like, my brain really did just think, like, hmm, I, 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 I could see how that might just be a style of playing the guitar. But why particularly would a blind person be attracted to it? I don't know. I, That's sure the somebody thing, out there right? does know. Yeah. Like, there are a few things I could see. Like, if you're just playing slide guitar where you have to have that slide piece really aligned with the frets, like having it with that top down view. Right. Yeah, maybe that could be advantageous. That's why lap uh-huh. steel players play the way that they yeah. do, too. Yeah. I understand mm-hmm. that. But for just full on fretted guitar playing the blues, like Jeff is in this, and like Rory does, too. Uh-huh. God damn, look up Rory Hoffman if you've not. He's uh-huh. unfucking okay. he's inhuman. He's unbelievable. 
like I just can't understand the advantage to playing that way. It would be like if if I lost my sight and I decided to start playing piano and I was like, well, yeah, but I gotta I gotta glue it to the wall to play. Oh like, yeah, I gotta like, play with it sideways. Like I yeah, don't know like why. in the separate ways video. <laughs> Like in the separate ways video. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> so, hey, maybe somebody did do that. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I know. know. Man. I, I do wonder what the advantage was, but it, it clearly is working out for him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He's, he's a fantastic. He's, he's player. kicking it. Yeah. But I would like to genuinely know if somebody out there is listening and knows why you would play that way if you if your vision was impaired, I would like to know because I think that's very fascinating. And obviously, it, he has no technical boundaries with it. He's right. an amazing yeah, player. No. So I'd like to know, man. You know what another thing I'd like to know is? What's that? How come this bowl in this movie got to take off all his clothes to fuck in that janitor's closet? He got to go full <laughs> nude to bang that lady. I he, mean, he just can't get off if he got a stitch of clothes on him. Here's the thing. I was thinking about that, too. Like, yeah, he's, he's gone full nude. But I feel like... <laughs> If you go back and watch it, that dude, he's clearly like in shape, and he was probably like, "I just want to get this on film." <laughs> so like, yeah, you know, what? I've been working like, out a lot. Yeah, I've really been working out a lot. Kind of like show my ass. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the chick is still wearing some of his clo- or some of her clothes. Right? But he's she, well, going she's just full, got the like, skirt up and the and the tube top up. So like, she's easy economy. Like, yeah, yeah. She, she as soon as he comes in, she just pushes them both down. She's back to work. Like back to work. Back to uh, being at the bar she didn't work there i don't guess i just imagine how awkward this is where it's like they had this encounter where it's like hey you know meet me in the broom closet or whatever and either she opened up the door and he was full-on butt naked and she's like what are you doing or she was there and then he's like hey baby and he proceeds to take off everything and she's gonna be like what are you doing why no, maybe she maybe he did a magic mike style strip show for her Maybe, Maybe that's, that's in it. the yeah. three-hour cut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did a sexy dance. <laughs> yeah, I just think he's definitely the guy that's like dropping trowel and fucking poo bearing at the urinal, right? <laughs> he's got to be. That's that guy. That's yeah. how he fucks. You're finally seeing. This is how he fucks. <laughs> I like that idea. That your fuck style is your piss style. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> my fuck style determines my piss style. <laughs> that's a that's a Metallica riff if you weren't aware of that. 100%. <laughs> my fuck style determines my piss style. My fuck style. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Hard and heavy. Oh my what? God. I don't know. What? I don't know what that is. Oh my god, man. Hey, have you ever put a, a fucking knife in your boot and kung fu kick somebody? <laughs> I have not. I, boy, I'll tell you what. There's a lot of knives in this movie. And it's like yeah. so wild that not one of them is a switchblade. No flick knives. No. None, huh? That is odd. One. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Not one no butterfly flickies. knife. No, like it's all just fucking like all sizes of huh. knives. But none yeah. of the fun ones, just regular old knives. Wow. 
I don't know. I had not thought about that, but we do have a, a weaponized Mercedes doing a barrel roll. That's pretty sick. Fuck. That's being yes, held down on the gas pedal by a knife. By a knife, and and a person shoots it and it explodes. <laughs> yeah, because what, it would. What, what we just said is the coolest scene in any movie ever. A ever. barrel rolling car gets shot and explodes. Oh wait, hang on though. That's after. Bigfoot, actual Bigfoot <laughs> destroys Bigfoot. a car lot. Bigfoot, the fucking Bigfoot, giant goddamn monster truck. Bigfoot seven does that. That scene cost five hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> half a million dollars. <laughs> Are you serious? Half a million dollars to use Bigfoot to roll over a bunch of brand new cars. It's awesome. It's rad. It's so Dude. good. And not only did it roll over a bunch of cars, it rolled over a bunch of cars while everyone in town was present to watch it. Everyone went to the car yeah. lot. Hey, They're like, something's you know. going down at the car lot. <laughs> God, gotcha. I, I hear that fucking Mr. Wesley is uh, reaming the car guy. We got to go check it out. <laughs> Why does that even happen? I'm not even sure about what's going on there. Yeah, I, the, it, it really is just unclear. Like, unclear. Yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> there's so much miss. I mean, we're missing an hour of the movie, essentially, or at least the hour, yeah. an hour of the original vision. Um, and I, I again, like I know this is 1989. You're not gonna have a three-hour action movie about a, uh, a a cooler at a bar who uh, kicks people a lot. Um, but it's 2023 and you could do that now. So I wish, I wish we could get the three hour cut. I'd love to see it. Well, they're doing a damn new one, aren't they? And there were like a remake with like Jake Gyllenhaal or somebody in it. Yeah. Yeah. They had a remake in the work with Ronda Rousey and then she, uh, got knocked out by Holly Holm and it was just like immediately, like they didn't care about Ronda Rousey anymore, I guess. Uh, and then, oh, uh, yeah, they've been working on one with Jill and Hall, which is, um, I mean, I, I think he could definitely play the role. I think he could, I just feel like it's going to end up being more serious somehow. I know, like, I mean, right? I guess or this, like way more campy and like intentionally bad, which will right, also yeah. kind of miss the point. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like this just walks a really delicate, fine line of like, yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous it is like action movie tropes all over the place and like whatnot but it also is trying to it's trying to pull something out of that it's trying to say like there's a lot of like sexual tension in these action movies and maybe we play that up maybe we kind of make everybody want to fuck the hero and (laughs) yeah it is like male gaze to the max where it's like what do men really want to see? Other muscly men. men. Uh, other muscly men. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of it's like... It's true, though. It is. Yeah. Like, that's... I mean, people who... Uh, tons of people know this. You get very muscular. You're going to get more compliments from men than you are from women. It's just... Oh, yeah. It's true. Dude, like, I mean, fucking since I've started exercising on the regular, I get... yeah way more compliments from other men than women and yep. of course some of some of that i'm sure might be 
you know, anytime a, a woman a says guy, anything complimentary yeah, to a yeah. man, it's just like immediately sure, yes. like flirting and stuff. But yeah, but also I can tell you guys care about it way more than guys women care do. about There's it way that. more. Guys care way about more. it way more. It, it's yeah, we we've all just got like, well, well, we all came not all, but we, we came through a period uh, of the 80s where it was all action movies, uh, gigantic action figures professional wrestlers steroid athletes yeah all that stuff like so we 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 and now we have you know the mcu marvel movies just all the all these people who are going through these like uh steroid cycles and stuff to to you know be big there's nothing wrong with that that's not a moral judgment there's nothing wrong with using steroids uh but that they're not doing it naturally and they're coming across like they are which again gives men Untruth, these like yeah. uh you know weird body image issues. dysmorphia yeah. yeah yeah actually uh 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 fucking crap uh kumail nanjiani who was in uh, the eternals and got buff and then people kind of got mad at him for getting buff because i guess if you're funny you're not supposed to be buff uh oh. he, he was on doughboys recently and he was talking about how like it was only like in the past year that he stopped counting literally every calorie calorie because oh. like to to sh- to cut and to look like that he had to count every calorie and he to. said he yeah. weighed 149 pounds at that point like jesus it, it, that is tiny and it yeah. was all muscle so it's like it, there's no fat on this guy cuz he's not eating and it's anyway but sorry we started off talking about how <laughs> there's there's definitely some sort of homoeroticism in the uh desire for all this like muscle, but uh, now we're talking about how it also has negatively affected our psyches. So that's fun. Ooh, uh, <laughs> hey, you just got indoctrinated by that damn Barbie is what happened. That's what yeah, it done did to you. That is true. Uh, yeah, I, I am Knuff, I think. I think so. Although, yeah. I mean, speaking of that too, whenever they go into Wesley's mansion and it's just like fucking uh, damn pool tables and all kinds of shit around, it is a total mojo dojo casa house, is it not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He that he's he he lives in like the muscle the mansion. Muscle mansion. Yeah. Like <laughs> if Joe Rogan saw this guy's house, he'd be like, "Dude, how'd you do that?" Like, oh. <laughs> tell me about the ascot. <laughs> yeah, and and you you need to kill a bouncer and put his ass up in your trophy room, or dude, is that what you meant that's by the that? only thing my trophy room is missing. Your your ass. ass. Also, dude, just side note, take note of like how many times the insults dudes fling at each other are all like dick related. There's so much like yeah, chicken yeah, yeah. dick, I want uh-huh. your ass, Pecker like head. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah, dick, man. dick stuff. Yeah, no, it's dick and ass stuff specifically. Yeah. I yeah, I do I do just wonder if like maybe a lot of that is Hillary Hinken uh, maybe coming in and just adding in their perspective like like I know what you guys are interested in in these action movies (laughs) and i want to make fun of you about it (laughs) maybe right it's gotta be yeah because i mean geez like tell me that's not present in that epic fight scene with main henchman jimmy come on dude ken mctaggart uh is that his name ken no it's not ken is it why the fuck did i say ken he's (laughs) jimmy (laughs) jimmy mctaggart yeah uh played by marshall teague um, Marshall Teague is from Newport, Tennessee. 
Uh, no, he's not. Yeah. What? Moonshine formerly, capital of Earth, Newport? Right. Formerly uh, worked for the sheriff's department in Shelby County, Tennessee, before no while working undercover, way. he took acting classes and liked them. So, Holy shit. Right. He also grew up doing martial arts training uh, in Hapkido and Taekwondo. So, like, he and... You can tell. Yeah. Uh-huh. He and... Um, Patrick Swayze worked with the the fight coordinator and, and really worked a lot with each other, like to make that fight look as real as possible. So, in a lot of those scenes, they're they're going full speed at each other, like they're hurting Dude. each other, they're hitting each other. <laughs> They've got to be like that. That's one thing yeah. that I really noticed while we were watching this movie. You know, last week on the show we did Running Man, which has. Uh-huh. You know, mega action star Arnie right. in it. And we were commenting about how, like, kind of weak the fights were. Yes. Yeah. And then we watched Roadhouse the next week, which is, like, <laughs> noteworthy for being, like, you know, one of the gayest movies ever or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> these fight scenes are fucking awesome. They're awesome. They're awesome. Yeah. And that that's, like, the it's the dedication in this. Yeah. All the actors seemingly for most every stunt are doing their own stunts like patrick Tracy's doing that, all the fighting uh marshall teague all the fighting they were doing their fighting sam and elliott too i mean sam it seems elliott, like everybody yeah. is just doing their shit obviously terry funk is i mean yes, terry's had uh-huh. fucking worse on a wednesday night <laughs> for sure far, yeah yeah By but far. <laughs> like this uh like they were going so hard and and like that that fight uh, at the end with marshall teague like that uh, Patrick Swayze had to have like a bunch of fluid drained from his knee, and like he, oh, he couldn't do. He he had been offered Tango and Cash, and offered um, Predator Two, and he couldn't oh, take damn. either one because of his his knee. But that led to him taking Ghost, which actually ended up better for him than because Tango and Cash didn't do great, and Predator Two didn't do amazing either. So. He kind of hmm. ended up lucking into that, but like the 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 injuries were like adding up on everybody because it's so many fight scenes. Like they cut a ton of fight scenes, and it's still so many fight scenes. Wow! And you know, I think of Swayze, and I'm thinking like you know, hunky uh, right. ballet guy, you know, fucking uh, Chippendales guy from SNL. But at the same sure. time, the dude on camera, whenever he's doing these moves, these punches and kicks and shit, like. Man, he looks like a fucking action star. He looks yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the fight coordinator uh, who was a, 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 a fucking a kickboxer himself said that he thought Patrick Swayze could have made it as a kickboxer if he had pursued it because Jeez. he's just he's just like very strong, very agile. Like you, he has an almost Bruce Lee physique in this. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's lean and small. Everybody yeah. thought he'd be bigger. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which you know, it, it it's kind of they're they're kind of doing a little bit of Bruce Lee with that, like the fact that he is a bit smaller, but he still kicks everybody's ass no matter what their size. And um, you know, now that you bring up the Bruce Lee thing too, there is very much a Enter the Dragon kind of mindset with the yeah. character of Dalton. He's fighting without fighting. His entire mindset yeah. is get him out the door, and then he's just like, I, "No, I'm not fighting you. Just lock him right. out." Like he is using that mindset of being the the silent warrior, right? Yes. Okay, and this is interesting because he there, this is a Western for sure, mixed with kung fu martial arts. But 
a lot of westerns are of course inspired by japanese cinema so like right <laughs> like it's kind of all like mixed up in each each other so he is this like zen warrior type but he's also the he's the hired gun co- who's been come like brought in to take down the big bad who's keeping the town down um but that character tends to have a zen aspect to it usually there's often that like they know they know their fate is eventually going to be dying in a gun battle so they're mm-hmm. they're kind of resigned to it they're very stoic about very it, yeah. stoic about it yeah yeah so like it has a combination of both of those things kind of the hong kong cinema that had been coming out around this time that was awesome you know and of course the bruce lee stuff that had come a little bit before it and then like you know (laughs) the action movies of the 80s like it's all like that cool stuff coming together in a really fun package that like i I mean it's not perfect i mean it it certainly has stories that go nowhere because of so much being cut you know you got keith david having one line uh etc and and of course like it feels like the the main doc isn't isn't much of a, a character, just kind of flimsy character because of cut stuff. Probably there's there's some problems, and of course, even though I say I would like uh, the three hour version, uh, you pointed out uh, when we were talking about this in the pre production, it could be shorter. Like there's some stuff that could definitely be yes. cut, and just mm-hmm. it it wouldn't hurt the movie, and I think that is true. Like. I do want a three-hour version, but I also think, like, yeah, there's some moments that probably are not exactly necessary, and you could probably get where you're going a little bit quicker. I don't think yeah, the I pace totally is terrible, like, because it, it, you know, there's a fight, like, every few minutes, but <laughs> there's definitely some stuff that maybe could be cut. And I, I agree. It's, it's keeping you like entertained because everything is so ridiculous all the time. Right. That even if you might be getting bored for just a second, it's like, oh, they blew up a hardware store because he wants to kiss this guy so bad. Oh, <laughs> a monster truck ran over a car lot. Right. Like, yeah. There's always some ridiculous, just out of left field shit that happens that keeps you glued to it. But from a you know filmmaking perspective, it's like, could you have told this story more efficiently? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, know? and I guess because like since the first cut was three hours, the intention was for it to be long. So if they had gone in with the intent knowing like, no, 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 we want it to be ninety minutes. There's probably a lot more they would have cut and and really like trimmed it down, uh, and it, yeah, it probably wouldn't have been it wouldn't have lost too much. But if if it lost any of the great lines, you know what I'm saying? Like if you lose pain, don't hurt. If you lose like uh, <laughs> polar bear fell on me, you lose any of these lines. <laughs> oh my lines. god, <laughs> polar bear fell on me is the last line of this movie. <laughs> you'd lose the strong bear representation of this flick Absolutely, where you have yeah. this this one crony that is one of daddy Braddy's boys he calls uh-huh. them his boys all he the does. time he calls dalton a boy and dalton he is does. a grown man <laughs> he does he does call him a boy yeah you got that guy who who's uh yeah he tinker. ends up with a uh tinker yeah he ends up with a bear on top of him and he's bit of a bear himself uh, we also have one of the one of the uh other uh bouncers 
who was in cheerleader camp. Um, he's he's a big dude. Maybe yeah, pretty strong bear contingent in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then when the bear falls on Tinker, Swayze says, "You two are made for each other." Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, come on, <laughs> come on. Yeah, they're not they're not hiding it, are they? Yeah, I I think <laughs> that like that's kind of the fun of it, isn't it? It's kind of the fun of the Fast and Furious movies too. Like, yeah. I'm sure you know a lot of people are watching him not catching anything, but it's kind of fun to be watching it and be like, Tom and Brian really. They should just kiss. Like, yeah, <laughs> this movie has a ton of that feel. Like, they should just kiss. They should just go for it, <laughs> dude. It is. It is such a ridiculous movie. Like, this yeah. is one of those ones that almost feels like a movie that would be made now as a parody yeah. of eighties movies. Yes. But it was made <laughs> in the middle of the shit, like at the height. <laughs> Of the shit, yeah, they were there making this hyper meta aware, like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's just so you guys want to watch a bunch of gay stuff, right? All right, here you go, here's a bunch of gay stuff, here it mm-hmm. is, yeah, <laughs> and it's great, yeah, it's awesome, it really hits. The and they're spot. right, I do want to watch this, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give me more of exactly this, which is why we we love so many of the Fast and Furious movies. We're we're always kind of want. And I talked about it, I think, at some point. Uh, we, straight camp, right? Yeah, straight camp, yeah. Yeah, where like there's there's a whole lot of gayness to it. There's a whole lot there. Uh, but it, it's in the guise of this extreme straightness, right? Like, guys, men kick the shit out of each other. and Pain don't know, hurt. But yeah. And then lovingly hold one another by the head with their faces real close <laughs> while they talk about how much they mean to each other. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what men do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's it's a treat of a movie. It really is. Like it is so over the top and so stupid and so quotable. Yeah. Um it's it's a joy. It's a great way to spend a Saturday afternoon. Absolutely. Mhm. Yep. I very much like I I have seen it so many times on TBS back in the day that the first time I watched it not on TBS uh, was the first time I saw it like with everything like with all the nudity and stuff like I didn't know the movie I was watching because I had seen it on TBS so many times pretty different yeah yeah it is man you got any other observations about this flick no man I think I'm I'm ready to to rate this thing and I'll tell you what number on it it's I mean it's 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 a joy to watch um you know it has its issues for sure, but it um I don't know it's 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 pretty it's pretty high up there for me specifically because I feel like it knows what it is, and that is something that's so unique like yeah. it is so different in a lot of ways while also playing up all the tropes of all the great action movies so like i i you get all the fun. You also get the dumb lines that just make you laugh because you're like, who, who talks like that? Who in their right mind says these things? I I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Who says Dude, that? Dude, 
Who says that? Dude, th- th- and again, that's where like the subtext just becomes text. Becomes period, text. Yeah. Right? No, like, he's, yeah. Yeah. Somehow I we, mean, we didn't talk about that line enough because right. the thing is, is like during that, that intense fight between these two guys. Yeah. He, he gets it. I mean, it, it, it has the, uh, it definitely has connotations of assault. He's saying he used to assault guys in prison. So it's not like a good thing. Like he's not just saying like I, I had many boyfriends in prison, <laughs> but <laughs> you remind me of some of my old right, boyfriends. Exactly. Yeah, he's not just being nice, but it is also like okay, but that that is there. Like that element is being presented in this very interesting moment. Like they're so it close. Has like to he be has deliberate. him by the yeah, it has him by the neck when he says it and stuff. Yeah, it's 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 very. Like he, he could have said. I used to fight guys like you in prison. Yeah, like well, yeah, that's uh, it. Yeah, no, he's 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 talking. He's he's got some sort of interest there. Like <laughs> you know, I, I'm not sure. It does say some sort, but I think I know exactly what sort. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't doesn't exactly spell it out. Uh, what is it? Um, yeah, no. I, I I think that you know stuff like that. It, it it really is just so like over the top and fun. That it feels very much like clearly the writers knew going in. Like, that's what they were trying to make is this over-the-top, yeah. fun, action, tropey cliche that embraces the, um, you know, uh, the, the, the straight camp while also being a very, like, openly sexual movie with no boundaries <laughs> for sexuality. Mm-hmm. Like, that. that is... Uh, it's it's interesting and you don't you don't see it a lot so i i i very much like appreciate it for what it is i do acknowledge you know several flaws or whatever but they don't matter a ton in the long run because you really do just watch this movie i mean it kind of because like you know uh uh you said it was done on how did this get made and and you know there's a discussion about whether it's a a a good bad movie a bad movie or if it knows what it is like if it's intentionally this type of movie and i feel like it is intentionally this type of movie and it knows what it is and it's it's, got to yeah and it's fun because of that so like you know it's not perfect not not putting it up in in 10 range but uh you know like eight eight and a half i feel like Maybe yeah, eight, I, I think that's pretty. Maybe even okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty. That's pretty fair, man. And and I'm with you. Like this deserves a, a, a an odd place in in movie history. And right. I, I kind of put it in terms of like movies like um like let's say Slumber Party Massacre or even yes. like Sleepaway Camp. You know, uh-huh. to to relate it to horror stuff where it was very aware of what was going on within the genre at that time. Yeah. And decided to really play up the sexual subtext and just make it full on text and see yeah. if anybody would notice by making it this hyper right. macho yeah. man movie. But at the same time, it's like, it's so gay, you know? <laughs> it is. It is. And it's intentionally so. Uh, it mean, has to be. Simultaneously, it's so straight. I mean, this is, it's Patrick Swayze. Like, they were, they had to. They had to like get women off the set, like who tried to show up just to have sex with them. Like women wow. while they were filming <laughs> the fight scene, women were driving by in boats and shit. Like holy shit! Like it's it's still it's still fulfilling 
uh, heterosexual desire, showing boobies, all those things, but it's very gay. <laughs> it's yeah, a very gay yeah. movie. Yeah. It's it's a really, really cool movie. I like it a lot. I love the fact that they could have just made some, you know, rough and tumble movie about a bouncer, but they decided instead to really play up this subtext and stuff. Yeah. That is, again, it's not really subtext. It's no, just it's right so there clearly there. Yeah. Street. Yeah. I think yeah. people just <laughs> overlooked it, I guess, uh, back in the day, because people you normally meet who love Roadhouse probably don't think in the least bit that there's any sort of gay subtext (laughs) (laughs) i love it i'll watch this movie many more times it's just so over the top and so stupid but yeah i'm not gonna give it like a 10 i'm I'm with you i think like eight and a half nine ish is probably Mm -hmm. where i would put this movie it is a joy some great performances and terry funk come on terry funk you can't you can't hate a movie with terry funk in it can't do it man can't do it I want to hear what you guys think about this one over on our social media pages, which you guys can find on our Linktree page. Look up Linktree Dead and Lovely. That's us. You're sure to find it. That's where you'll also find our Patreon page, which is where Uh episodes like this are generated from. That's right. This is where, you know, guest-selected podcast episodes come from. We're fixing to have the talk with you guys right now. You guys have always wondered, where do they come from, these smoking bowl choices? Well, we're going to tell you the (laughs) truth. When uh when a fan loves a podcast right. very much, they Takes it by uh, the hand. subscribe to their to their Patreon page at patreon.com slash uh-huh. yep. uh, forward slash dead and lovely. Uh-huh. And they can sign up for five dollars or more a month. And then they submit <laughs> the movie that they want to hear into the smoking bowl, and at the yep. end of the month, uh one lucky Steve boy might draw it out, and that's yep. where an episode comes from. That's the podcast and birds and bees, guys. So yep. now you know. Just be safe. Be sure to wear uh ear condom. <laughs> <laughs> but also if you uh sign up at any other level below five bucks, you get access to the Patreon exclusive yeah. Epimasol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just got uh the 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 uh uh Fast and Furious Hell Rankers coming out. Just had that uh Treehouse of Horror episode go up. Uh next month on Hell Rankers. We're getting into the Conjuring franchise, which I'm excited to be talking about. Because <laughs> have you ever seen The Nun? It no nope. good. But there's a mm. sequel coming out written by the person who wrote Malignant and Megan. So oh. now I'm excited to see The Nun sequel. It's, All right. Okay. It's, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm I I didn't expect to be excited to see the Nun sequel, and I, I yeah. really am. I really am. Hmm. <laughs> the trailer's not selling me. I've seen it before. I know. Flicks, but... I don't want to see it. I don't want to watch it. I can go in and be disappointed. That's fine. But I I'm I'm really just believing. I'm believing this. It's gonna be three in a row. Great movies. <laughs> Hell yeah, hell yeah. So yeah, be sure to sign up today to that uh, that Patreon page and stuff. Support the show, show you boys some love, and tune in for next week's installment of the show. We're getting back to some oral films. What we're we gonna be talking about? We're gonna be talking about Barbarian. Fuck yeah! Um, which I'm excited to talk about because Me the too. moment that I was done watching, it was like this would be a great episode of the podcast. I so, know, right? Glad to be getting into it. It's seriously just such a great movie i've i have re-watched it after watching it the first time and, and very much enjoyed it so excited to see it yet. again well hey good excuse to do it hell yeah it is man and if you guys are listening and you don't know anything about barbarian 
Um, easily one of the best horror movies that came out last year. Yeah. And I would recommend you don't do any research about it before yeah, watch you... It. Uh, yeah, watch the yeah. movie. Just fucking turn it on. Don't watch turn the trailer. Yep. Don't even look at a cast list. No. Just just watch it. Watch the movie and then listen to the episode. Don't let us spoil anything for you in it. Yeah, uh, it is a it is a ride. It really is. I don't remember the last time I had that much fun watching a horror movie in right. theater. Yeah. So don't let us ruin it for you. Don't let any other reviews, trailers, synopsises, cast list, whatever, ruin it for you. Just. Right. Just fucking watch. We'll, we'll, you know, not bury the lead right now. We love this movie. So yeah, it's great. Fucking watch <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it's awesome. So check it out. Yep. That's right. Be sure to tune in next week for the next installment of Dead and Lovely, where I shall be Uncle Ben. And I very well might be Hollywood Steve. And you guys will likely be dead and <laughs> lovely. <laughs> Goodbye. Catch you guys later. <laughs>